When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This episode is kind of the first of uh, many different types of episodes that I want to get into as uh, the podcast moves forward. Uh, This one in particular is an old friend of mine, Brady Parks, who's the lead singer of the National Parks, which is a pretty well-known band here in the state of Utah, and they're getting a lot bigger. They've gone on many cross-country tours, and Brady and I just kind of reminisce about some of the early days. We talk about kind of how he deals with things being a member of the church his process in writing songs um, while he was single, the first two albums, and then getting married, having a third album, and then the fourth album, which is the most recent that they're coming out with. And uh, it starts with a big announcement that the National Parks uh, just made recently, that they'll be playing here in Utah on a big show at Vivint Arena uh, coming up next month. We get into that a little bit. And there's just kind of a lot of back and forth talking about his experiences as a as a member of this band and just kind of little cool stories here and there and his thoughts on how things are going anyway i hope you enjoy this one uh, i had a lot of fun recording it with brady he's a good friend of mine and um with his permission i've actually changed up the songs for the intro and the in- outro for this podcast episode that are national park songs so i hope you enjoy those as well Brady Parks, how are you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm stoked about this. Dude, thank you for taking the time out. I know you're busy. In fact, so busy that you actually had recent big news uh, that you guys all were coming out with just last week. I think it was last Thursday, right? Yes. So uh, we're pumped because we are uh, officially playing our first arena show, which is crazy. That's right. Yeah. Which will be the first... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. By all means. I was just saying, yeah, it's it's a big day uh, today because tickets like officially went on sale as we're talking. And it's just fun to see like people's reaction to it and kind of just the hype. I think people are just ready to kind of do stuff like this again and, and see live music. And we're certainly ready to play live music again. So it's exciting. There's no question about that, man. People are chomping at the bit, it seems like. Plus... The good news on the side is that COVID numbers seem to be going down. It's kind of on the decline. So I think that gets people a little bit pumped. The weather's getting a little bit on the warmer side. Totally. And so all of that kind of added into that. It's, it is exciting and it's exciting for you guys. So naturally you get me, you get to come on my podcast to promote it because I mean, who better to reach your audience than to me, than, than 40 of my listeners, right? Dude, we need all 40 of your listeners at the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what I like to hear. Um, 
speaking of which and big big announcements well actually i do want to cover this a little bit more this is the first show in vivid arena since everything got closed down right yeah it is um it's the first show there but they've been doing stuff like they had i mean obviously the jazz are playing and they have fans in attendance at jazz games they had monster truck rally like four nights of that and uh disney on ice is coming i think next month too so um, oh, they've, gotcha. they've been busy. They've had, you know, they've been doing this for a while. And so that's why we felt like it was <clears throat> kind of the perfect time to do it is because they have this system in place already where they're having fans uh, at the show and or at their events. And so, yeah, it's perfect timing. Speaking of the jazz, have you come around to them yet? Or are you still freaking holding on to your nuggets, man? <laughs> holding on to my And nuggets. I don't mean that that's not an innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect, though uh dude i have come around i'm a jazz fan now have you really okay now you're just a bandwagoner actually go back to your nuggets dude Dude, it's been a few (laughs) years though man it's been a few years i've been on i've been on the jazz bandwagon yeah well and that does make sense because we the nuggets did actually just freaking beat the jazz last year in the playoffs yeah i'm like this crazy come from behind series victory so the fact that you're still with the jazz welcome man we're glad to Dude, have you it's good to be here and you know it's so hard to like live in a place for so long and not root for the team here you know that yeah. I just i have to well and it's so hard to not root for any team that has a donovan mitchell type player on it Dude, he's just so fun to watch and he's got such a great attitude it's, it's really cool to see all that dude he's amazing but, he's so fun yeah yeah the, i mean obviously the nuggets have jamal murray but it's just not the same thing i feel like that's not Donovan's another level, dude. (laughs) He really is. He really is. Um, So along the lines with this Vivint Arena announcement and how exciting that is, speaking of which, actually, who are you you playing with? I saw the Strikes on the list, and they're they're one of the openers. Yeah, so um, we're playing with the Strike and an artist called Tishmal, who's amazing. So it'll be a really fun show. Yep. And you guys are headlining, if I'm not mistaken. We are, yeah. We're we're throwing it. We're putting it all together and, and... getting out there for it dude i love it man that just shows that you're just dedicated to your craft you're wanting to just make things happen you're not waiting for it to come to you you're making it happen which reminds me you guys were gonna do a kind of festival type show series or whatever uh down in zion national park last summer before things really got shut down for good and you kind of obviously you're you forced your hand and you had to adjust and kind of indefinitely postpone that i guess but what's the status of that and kind of how did that come together yeah so we were the original idea came from releasing our album that we just released called wildflower um we really wanted to make the release of that really special and do this celebration and felt like the perfect place was down at zion national park which means a lot to us as a band and it's just amazing it's so beautiful this venue we were going to play at is like a mini version of red rocks in Colorado and uh, we're getting our favorite artists from around here and just kind of going to make it a big festival. And um, that's how it was born. And then kind of COVID came and we postponed and then had to postpone uh, again, uh, cancel it for last year. And so we're currently looking at dates um, for later this year and just kind of keeping an eye on the situation and and seeing if things are going to start opening up getting more back to normal by by the fall um because we definitely want to do it at some point and if not this year then next year like we're going to make this festival happen for sure 
That I freaking I love the idea. How is have there been shows in that venue before? Or like how does the venue even look? Like what you say it's I mean sort of like Red Rocks, but I'm guessing in terms of landscape and what's what's available out there like is there a stage is there like a natural amphitheater how does that work yeah so it's an amphitheater that's um it seats i believe 1500 people um and they do shows and plays and stuff there it's kind of like a tuacon and um, but it's not tuacon right it's not tuacon no yeah but uh we actually it's right by science tuacon is in like is like it kind of in the heart of saint george and zion is out a little bit more out east Right. Yeah. It's like, like you pretty much are in Zion National Park. You're as close as you can get without getting inside the park, which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. That is crazy. So yeah, hopefully we'll make that happen soon though. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds like a really cool idea. I, when you guys came out with that and had that idea that I saw last year, I was like, that seems brilliant. I mean, now I'm no, uh, I'm not really like a, organizer of these type of things obviously i'm not an event planner but it seemed brilliant it seemed like it hits on a couple different levels like you kind of have the coachella type vibe now i'm not sure if that's exactly the vibe you're looking for or not but regardless kind of people getting together in a remote destination and just hearing a bunch of good music and then you get people that are attracted to kind of music kind of maybe a little bit more underground type music and things like that and then with that you get kind of the outdoorsy feel of being in Zion and having the appeal of people that may want to do some outdoor activities while they're down there. I just, the whole thing just really seemed brilliant to me, but. Dude, thank you. And totally that, I think that was our whole thought process was let's make this an experience, like a getaway that people can come to and, you know, not only just come for music and the show, but also just to like experience Zion and, and go, I don't know, be with their families and hike around. And it was funny because after, we after all of our plans were canceled because of covid we ended up doing this like campfire tour across the country we played like 50 shows in people's backyards limited ticket um, around a campfire like acoustic kind of shows and every single night people would ask us a question and ask like and ask if we were going to do super bloom again and say that they were going to come out and like we'd be in like florida or texas or you know, somewhere far away from Utah, but people were planning on just coming out for that because it was going to be that kind of experience. So we're looking forward to making it happen for real and kind of seeing like, you know, how far people will travel to come to an event like this. It's pretty cool to see. That's incredible, man. People asking you about that in Florida and Texas. It's so cool. Um, so let's actually, I got a couple questions about the album, current album um now correct me if i'm wrong now and i could absolutely be wrong on this it seems like the style of music for this newest album um wildflower uh it kind of is is more of like a throwback to your first and second albums if i'm not mistaken but maybe maybe guide me in that like you're you're obviously the the music genius in this in this regard no question so please please take me through that no you're you're absolutely right um i think with this with wildflower we kind of finally felt like we had come i don't know come to a place where we were like this is who we are as a band like we know exactly what we sound like what we want to do and where we want to take this album 
And I think it was kind of a mixture of all of our albums in a way. And it was a very liberating album to write because with um, some previous albums, like we almost felt like we were being pressured into chasing trends or, you know, had to have these radio hits or tried to fit a mold of like what the music industry would want us to fit um, to try to get recognized that way. And with Wildflower, we just kind of, threw all of that out the window. We're like, we don't care about any of that. Like we just want to do what is authentically us. And so I wrote like 40 songs for this album and it was just such a like, I don't know, freeing experience to be able to just write and not like feel pressure one way or another. And I think the result was um, definitely kind of stepping back into our roots and kind of owning that and, you know, embracing that folk nature um kind of vibe that we've had in past albums so uh yeah i think you're spot on with that man i love that i love that because i was kind of thinking about it more and if i may please you (laughs) you uh (laughs) the the first album and the second album seemed really really driven by your emotion specifically and kind of a lot of the songs you wrote about were essentially a lot of them were about love if i'm not mistaken yeah is that fair definitely yeah absolutely and you were single when both those albums were written yes did that play a role in it and kind of kind of your writing process and kind of how you go about sharing these emotions Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, I mean, it's really easy to write about heartbreak because there's such like a raw emotion. And so when you're single and dating, obviously you go through a lot of ups and downs like that. And um, you're kind of just working through those emotions. And I think that was a lot of the first and second album. Um, Being married to Megan has been like the greatest thing in my life. And honestly, at times it's kind of hard to write when you're like happy or content with how things are going. Um, and so I think it was like a learning process in figuring out kind of like what to write about, where to find emotion and kind of just like paying close attention to what I'm feeling, um, in, in every aspect of life, whether that's, um, my relationship or whether like a big part of this wildflower album was writing about, the dream of music, writing about the ups and downs, almost treating it like a relationship, like unrequited love at times, um, ups and downs, and um, just really paying attention to like my emotional state, trying to pursue a dream of music that at times doesn't feel like it's trying to pursue you back, if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's actually, I think that's a pretty profound way of looking at it and pretty insightful on your part because it's hard to be introspective about these things I'd imagine. Maybe maybe artists are built a little different than most people in that respect. The talent, <laughs> if you will. Um, but uh, I was wondering about that because it did seem like you, you have two similarities between... Or, I mean, sorry, you have some similarities between this newest album and the, the first two, but you have very different phases of life. And so that's that's fascinating to me that you were able to kind of pull from the same emotional cord, but about kind of different circumstances and things like that. And that makes so much sense. And I think that's really cool. I mean, I'll be honest, when when time came out, I was like, 
this is i love this song like that oh, like, thank you <laughs> that's awesome dude time like it was and i and i like a bunch of your songs don't get me wrong but uh of, of your new songs too especially but time specifically hit in a way where i was like this was the band that i knew when they came out with that first album and then the second album was just kind of a, a nice compliment from that that extended off of it and um I, it was a nice way of kind of being reintroduced to how this band was brought up and i loved it it was i even texted you i don't know if you remember you did but i do remember yeah <laughs> i was like i was like i i gotta reach out because this is just a beautiful song and it's like a, an awesome throwback kind of emotionally and and musically but anyway dude that's just um, fangirling. no that's really interesting to hear coming from you because like you've literally been around since the band decided to have our name be the national parks like you've been like me and you walked around and put and asked restaurants if we could put flyers in their restaurant about the band like that's right uh so hearing it from you like i remember driving around with you after playing basketball and showing you like some new demos of like stone's throw and other songs that we were working on stone's throw i remember that we were getting chicks so well basketball (laughs) that's right dude and stone's throw specifically when you were showing me the demo i remember just i was feeling it man i don't know if you i, I felt like i was going to break your dashboard at one point because i was pounding <laughs> my water bottle against it so hard but i was just feeling it dude that was a good one stone store is still actually one that i listened to quite a bit dude that's a um, that's a fun one i need to go back and listen to that one actually it's been a minute but yeah. but yeah it's it's really cool to hear your thoughts on that seeing the whole um, progression of the band and you know seeing where we've taken each album to to this album and kind of sensing that it is a nod to our roots in a lot of ways i love that it's cool that's so cool man yeah and so i'm glad i can kind of provide that affirmation so to speak i'm not sure what exactly totally uh speaking of kind of your writing process and everything this is where i'm gonna uh ask you a very very direct question so are you ready for this i think so i'm scared but i'm ready are you ready are you ready to admit yet that Monsters of the Northwest is about me? <laughs> or is it North? Is it Monsters of the North? Sorry. Did I get Monster the of the North. Monster of the North. Monsters of the North. Dude, that song, are, I, I think. Are I've, you there yet? I've, I'll admit it, man. It's about you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's about freaking time, dude. It's about freaking time. Dude, that, um, no. that experience, though, like, that's a song we play every single show and really like at the campfire shows especially we talk more about the songs and kind of give more insight into them and every night i talk about the like experience of going on that tour and playing you know in seattle and just how all of that played into you know this big adventure which came out in the song um so i guess in a way yeah man it's about (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) all right in all honesty i know we we both know very well who that song is specifically about in fact it's kind of fun to pinpoint kind of like where you like which girl you're talking about like where you were in your dating life just based on the song alone it was amazing dude that's Um, actually hilarious yeah (laughs) yeah but uh um with that said though uh let's talk about as we ran this is where i'm gonna pat myself on the back because that one there is something there that I actually did have something to do with. Now, I don't want to get too into that because this is 
I'm run, I'm showing this podcast. I don't want to just toot my own horn. Dude, I talked about ran, this a lot in the campfire shows too. Go ahead, but yeah, absolutely. Actually, no. I want to get your version. I want to get like not your. Ver- I mean, it's the right version. It's not like one is wrong and one is right. But I'm curious how you put it. All right. So hey, you don't even don't you don't even need to say my name. Don't even say my name. Okay. <laughs> Here's my take on the situation. So you know, we just formed the national parks. We were starting to like build up our socials and i don't even think that like i had met you yet or something i, I don't think know. we had met at this point maybe yeah. we had maybe we and had. just to put a little context there sorry real quick uh a, a good mutual friend of ours was managing you guys right as you started and right. i went to high school with him and he was one of my best high school buddies and he knew that at the time i had been doing some social media stuff specifically for paul Millsap, who was playing for the jazz at the time who's now in the nuggets go figure oh, yeah. there's a lot of parallels in this already and um uh i was kind of opening up his accounts instagram twitter things like that and so i was a little bit more familiar with the territory i was by no means an expert and so our mutual friend got me involved to kind of help get you guys going on social media that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, exactly. Because we, you know, we had never had like a band Twitter or anything like that. And so um, we just kind of gave you access and, and just let you run wild. And I remember I woke up one morning and we had like 10,000 Twitter followers, like zero to 10,000. And I was like, whatever he's doing is amazing. It's totally working. <laughs> <laughs> and And so right after that, we had a... Um, a company reach out a film a documentary film company that does films about national parks reached out and they wanted us to write a song for an upcoming documentary film about this couple from different backgrounds that was going to get married in the Tetons and that the Tetons was like this really important place for them and we were like yes and so that's when as we ran kind of became a thing I started writing it uh turns out that you had bought the followers, <laughs> so they thought. <laughs> Which I told you, I never, I never <laughs> like. I, I had, I think what, what just, just to kind of save myself here, I had mentioned in conversation that I was like, I think this is, I was like, this is what some people do, like some people will buy followers because you gotta you have this fake it till you make it attitude. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether or not it had been confirmed in the conversation that I was gonna do that, I'm actually no, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. <laughs> I went ahead and did it. That's, that's and it was not idea. that I was tr- trying to pull the wool over your eyes or anything like that. I was like, I'm just going to do it because I want I want them to see kind of how this might be able to work. Lo and behold. And, and it worked beautifully because this company <laughs> thought that we were like a legit, you know, solidified presence on social media and in the world. And and that's why they uh, they hired us to write As We Ran, which is still to this day our biggest song that's crazy man what yeah. what am i gonna get my kickback for that dude where are my royalties bro dude, for real we need to talk to a lawyer about that <laughs> i'm gonna lawyer up on you dude you freaking <laughs> got some mad litigation coming your way that's um, right dude <laughs> no um yeah so they got you to do the song as we ran they, they paid they paid you to make that song um what was the inspiration behind As We Ran? Let's talk about that. And I know I'm only asking this because I actually really don't know. And I know I have nothing to do with that aspect of it. So because that is the most played song on Spotify that you have. It, it resonates with a lot of people. It's actually, believe it or not, really fun to run to. I have done that myself. Oh, awesome. When the trumpets come in, 
it's like you feel unstoppable you just go so, for it beautiful you do just go for it yeah um yeah so i mean a lot of the inspiration for that song came from the story of this couple juan and vanessa who um got married in the tetons and this documentary film is about their story and their their relationship and how they met and came together and everything like that it's a really cool unique story um but you know me i feel like to write a song i have to kind of put it into my own world and my own experiences and so with their story in mind and their like you know big wedding coming up and everything like that i started thinking about okay when i'm like 60 70 80 years old and i'm talking to my kids and grandkids about how i met their mother and their grandmother like what would i say to them and like i just pictured myself showing them pictures and being like there's so much that this one picture like isn't telling you um and so i think just the adventure of that and like diving into a whole life with someone and and telling that to your your kids and grandkids was like a really interesting idea to me and so that's what i ran with not no uh pun intended there but <laughs> um but that's what i went with and as we ran uh is about that that's great man i love that along those lines do you happen to have a, a favorite song that that's in that's in the library right now oh, of yours obviously i feel like it's so hard to pick because i think a favorite for me like changes all the time um i could see that so i kind of gauge what i like playing live the most and kind of say that that's my favorite at the moment um and a song that i'm really excited to play live especially at this vivant show is wildflower it's just a song we we go crazy with and um yeah it's a lot of energy a lot of fun to play yeah i could see that actually yeah that's that's i i actually i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that might be an underrated aspect of who you guys are now i hope i'm not insulting you this by that saying this indirectly not at all but but i don't i don't know what the perception of people that they may have because your songs are generally more kind of on the folk side kind of a little bit more indie but you guys can jam out and it shows in your concerts and how amazing that can be and like one one thing that i referenced earlier was the trumpet part of as we ran i remember being so disappointed when i'd go to a concert and the trumpets wouldn't come out <laughs> for <Yeah>. that part. <laughs> like, cause, cause obviously you guys, you guys are, you know, running a tight ship at times and you not all the times you really have that availability and things like that. But, um, that when they would come out, no joke, dude, there were times when I'd feel chills at that That's part awesome. in a concert. And, and I could see that with a lot of other songs too. Wildflower. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, able to really can break loose on that. Yeah. I think that's something that, we take really seriously as our stage performance and trying to bring the best, best show to people when they come and see us. And, and even though we do have songs that are mellow and we, you know, have a chill vibe at times, um, there's a lot of times where things go crazy on stage and it gets very, very dancey, very energetic. And um, yeah, that's why I like, playing a show like this one that's coming up is going to be such a breath of fresh air for us because we've missed that energy that we get from the crowd and that you know we're kind of all in that same sharing that same experience together just in that moment 
experiencing the same energy and, and kind of going crazy and getting lost in that. And so that's something we're really excited about again. What's the date for the show again, by the way? I think you said that earlier, but I'm wanting to re revisit that. Yeah, so that's March 20th at the Vivint Arena. And how much are tickets? Uh, it depends. So there's three levels. There's the floor seating, which is um, 70 a ticket, but they're groups of four. So it's like you have to buy, you have to go with a group of four and, and be in a pod together. Uh, is it, and is it seven, 70 each? Yeah, seventy. Seventy four. So it's not seventy four. The four. So you'd have to buy two hundred eighty dollars worth of tickets in order to. Go, yeah, it sounds like exactly. Gotcha. And then there's um, the lower bowl, which is forty dollars a ticket, and there's groups of two and groups of four that are able to sit together in that. And oh, same nice. With the upper bowl, but that's thirty dollars a ticket. Gotcha. Very cool. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, you're going to have to, obviously, there's going to be different stipulations for this moving forward. They're going to have to have a slow rollout and it's going to have to be very methodical. That makes a yeah, lot of sense. Yeah. And, and they're limiting tickets. Like, I think there's going to be about 3,600 people at the show. And the Jazz are currently allowing a little over 4,000, I think, at their games. And so it's just interesting to see, you know, what's happening because of COVID and, and how things will start opening up little by little. Yeah, no so doubt. I'm hoping that we can get back to normal pretty soon. Is there anything, without giving away too much, is there anything in stores that's special uh, with stage presence for this one coming up? Like, uh, do you, I mean, you don't even have to be specific. You could just say like, oh, like, what what should people be looking forward to with kind of the production, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. I think we are doing everything we can to make this the best show that we've ever done. And that includes upping our game with our performance, with the lighting production, um, just with like what we're doing with each song, we're kind of making this an experience and we want it to feel like you're not just coming to watch a band play through songs, but that it's going to be like, I don't know, a very real experience that everyone can be involved in. Um, so we're just making making sure that we're doing everything we can to up the up our game to a new level for this show. So yeah, we're going all out on every level for sure. I love that, and that reminds me actually a lot. And maybe I'm wrong here because I'm like once again I'm not that connected musically or anything, and don't specifically have an eye for any of this. But that seemed like a big emphasis that Imagine Dragons put on a lot of their own shows that it was like Dan Reynolds getting out there and like banging on the drums himself in a concert just to kind of get people riled up. Does that sound familiar at all to you? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, I still remember going to Imagine Dragons shows a few years back and thinking like what they did was so amazing and like just the way they made the crowd feel like they were a part of the show and just witnessing something amazing. Like, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of effort to to do that. And I respect that. And that's something that we take seriously and want to make sure that if it's somebody's first time seeing us, that they're blown away. And if somebody's seen us, you know, 10 times before that they walk away thinking like that was better than the last time. So that's awesome. Now there's, yeah. And that makes sense that, so basically you could almost even say that Dan Reynolds has been somewhat of an influence on you in that respect at the very least. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of bands like that. Like I would say one of my biggest influences for like live shows would be Coldplay. Like the way Chris Martin is with an audience, like wrapped around his finger and 
the way the way they handle their songs and their production and their lighting and visuals like everything is such like an experience and i love it and it makes me just want to go back and experience it all over again um so i i would take a lot of inspiration from from imagine dragons coldplay the killers like any big band that i've seen live i think has a new level of uh, production value that you can take their ideas and bring it to your own show in some way if that makes sense dude on that note you brought up the killers so i've been getting into jump roping a lot lately like COVID hit and i was like what am i gonna do like so i'm all about jump roping now what all these things that i've done might be the best song you could ever jump rope to <laughs> dude i believe that <laughs> and that I ch- song's amazing it is amazing. I mean, it's like it, it, the tempo of it is is so constant and and um, prevalent throughout the whole song. So you're able to kind of really match that with your jumping, and then and the swinging, and then the how that gradually increases there, kind of like with the with the arc of the actual song itself is amazing. And you just like st- start feeling so pumped. It goes on for five minutes, and it's like it's amazing. Um, Dang. So I challenge you to come up with a better song than that to jump rope to. There's a uh... all right, <laughs> Stones Throw, man. <laughs> Stones Throw. You Just know kidding. what? Uh, admittedly, I don't think I've ever jump rope to Stones Throw. Stones Throw hasn't quite made my gym playlist um, as we I ran has, but maybe I should maybe I should give that a better shot next time. See, <laughs> see what national Dude, parks try, I can incorporate into. Try it. Blue Moonlight. That's a jam right there. All right. Yeah. That okay. I can see that. I can see. I'll, yeah. I will try that one. All right. Wow. Thank you for the tip, man. Yep. Anytime. Um, well, good luck with that, dude. That's gonna be fun to see. No joke. I'm actually gonna have to like really come out for this and see that and make that happen. Come say hi and everything, because dude, I would love that for sure. It has. Yeah. You you talked about influences for stage presence. What about for writing and just kind of the, your song style and things like that uh yeah i mean i think i li- i mean i listen to so much music and so i think i just have a lot of influences in general um but i would say that some of my biggest influences of all, of all time would be bony bear mumford and sons fleet foxes uh, i would say cold plays in that for sure um because i think there's a lot of different elements of each band and artists that I like to bring to our music like if it's the big songs that I can see playing live on a stage full of an arena full of people like I I definitely pull influence from Coldplay in that regard and then if it's like you know these soft intimate songs I would say I pull in influence from Bon Iver mm. um, and production wise too there's so many like intricacies to what what Bon Iver does and uh, that's something we tried to do with this album, though, was to take our sound and use a lot of acoustic instruments, but put like electronic beats on stuff and kind of create this world that like the theme of this album was kind of like, you know, we used a neon cactus in our album cover. Yeah. And so it was like a modern take on Western vibes. Um, and so that's kind of like what we wanted to do is bring folk into like an electronic world at times. And, and it was really fun and interesting to do that. And we've never kind of dabbled in that before. And it was fun. 
Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Um, that reminds me, actually, this is totally off topic, but speaking of modern takes on Western vibes, uh, Hell or High Water. Have you seen that movie? Dude, I haven't, but I heard it's amazing. It is amazing. It's basically a modern day Western. You have to check it yeah. out at some point. It's it's incredible because that's what it is. It's, it's on my list. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'll tell you, Taylor Sheridan, the guy that uh, he, he did the screenplay, he um, he's also a director and he's... He's currently directing Yellowstone, the TV series, but he's also, he directed Wind River, which was incredible. The guy's very, very talented. He's the one that wrote Hell or High Water. Anyway, check it out when you get a chance. That's awesome. I will for sure. It's it's incredible. Um, Going back to that though, uh, you've talked about your influences and kind of like how you're stunned by them and how how great they've been for your, to shape your own, um, you know, song approach and everything like that have you ever had an experience when you've been on the road and you've you've been in the presence of someone that you were even kind of like you were awestruck by or you were stunned just to kind of be there with them huh that's a good question or are you too calm and collected when you're around these people which i find hard to believe uh, (laughs) if that were the case no no i'm not i'm definitely not i don't keep my cool very well um i remember actually we played this show in Vegas and uh, Dan Reynolds came out to it with um, his brother and manager, Mac Reynolds. And I remember we were playing the show and they were just standing in the back corner and they're both like pretty tall dudes. And yeah, like, Dan I Reynolds was pretty... like six, one, maybe six, two. Is that right? Yeah. He seemed taller. I don't know. Maybe it was just the, you know, the air. Yeah. Yeah. Right. His but, presence. Yeah. But I remember I was like pretty thrown just because I couldn't stop thinking that they were like back there watching our show. And and then uh, we actually like met and hung out for a minute after. And it was like, it was really cool. And I didn't I actually didn't feel too like uh, fangirly or anything. But Well, he's not um, really intimidating, remember. I'd imagine. Or at least certainly not overtly intimidating. But No, he's really down to earth, yeah. super, super nice dude. And, you know, was really encouraging about the show and everything. And. Um, but that, I think that's one experience that I always think about because I was like literally on stage and couldn't really shake the fact that they were there. And, and it was like several years ago, like we were a pretty new band, mm. uh, kind of just getting started. I think we had just released until I live or we're about to, or something like that. And, and so it was just a lot of nerves at that moment. I can imagine. Have you, have I shared with you my kind of funny Dan Reynolds story, by the way? I don't know. The share it. So I was with that mutual friend that I'd mentioned before of ours. He, I mean, he, he had obviously had some exposure to the music scene and things like that. And so, but this actually had nothing to do with it. We were down in Las Vegas, um, together. Uh, I was down there visiting some friends. He was one of them. They were selling over summer while we were all at BYU. And we went to this house that a bunch of other single people were meeting at. And it was kind of like this church gathering. It wasn't really a church gathering, but it was like the church scene. And there's kind of this after party. A bunch of people went home. There's about like 10 of us around a table. And we're talking. This was no joke. This would have been like 2009, summer of 2009. And there's this one guy there that's just like being kind of the life of the party. It was his parents' house. And we're we're all just kind of having a fun time listening to him talk about his mission stories and these like crazy like like how people in his mission like like other other elders like 
came and were knocking on his door like in the middle of the night and just like yeah how he was freaked out of his mind but it turned out to be other missionaries so it's just kind of this funny story and he's he's all over the place as we're leaving he's just kind of saying bye to us and i didn't know who this guy was at all but my friend knew him and as we're leaving he's like hey so we'll see you back at byu this fall right and he's like, you know, I don't think so. We're actually going to be taking a semester off to see how things go with the band. And right when he said that, no joke, I was like, huh, good luck with that, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess man. we'll be seeing you in winter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Winter semester. And um, Savage. <laughs> I didn't I didn't say it so he could hear. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, we were right. There. I was I was really kind of saving this for later for my buddy. And I was like, yeah, OK, dude, another failed band. And yeah, of course, that guy was Dan Reynolds, and it was Imagine Dragons that he was referring to. And it wasn't even until a couple years later where a buddy of mine was playing their song, and I was like, who is this? These guys sound pretty good. And he's like, oh, it's this kind of new band. He's like, Jake knows them. Like, he, they're from Vegas. And I was like, wait a second. Are you talking about this, like, same guy, like, blah, blah, blah? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no way. I was like, sure, these guys were going to fail. Not because of who they are, <laughs> but just because how low of a chance any band has of making it, obviously. And I, at yeah. that point, I wouldn't say they had made it because it was only two years kind of into their, like, what they were doing. They didn't really become Imagine Dragons until probably three or four years. I mean, they were Imagine Dragons, but I mean, like, known for who they are until probably three or four years even after that, even after I had heard their song. So... It was funny and stupid and once again goes to show that not only should I not be making any musical predictions, I shouldn't be making any predictions, period. Have you had had <laughs> I not told you that? I, I that story does sound familiar. I think I remember either yeah, I think I remember you telling that at some point. Yeah. But it's, it's dude, the, it's amazing though. Like they seriously like blew up. Probably like yeah, I don't know. Soon no, after that. Not everybody knows who they are. Yeah. 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 What it would have been. It would have been like, let's see. I mean, it was 2009 when that story took place. I really think they started to like gain a lot of traction in probably like 2012 or 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's they were starting right. to do like tours yeah. across the United States. They were touring with the Killers at that point, things like that. But, um, all right. So as we're kind of here on the downslope for this, I wanted to ask you a few more questions. Um, cool. What, like, this is a total pivot, but I'm genuinely curious because I've known you, as long as I've known you, the church has played a major role in your life, kind of the gospel and all that. And I'm curious kind of in the industry that you're in and kind of in the in the certain environments that you, I'm sure you've been around, how, do, how what's the role that your faith plays in all that? And how do you, how do you um, kind of combine those two worlds while also separating them at times? Not separating them in a sense where it's like, I'm going to forget this aspect of who I am for this moment, but just kind of my, how do you compartmentalize this too? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I think for us as a band, like you said, the church and the gospel has always played a, a huge role in, in who we are and our identity. And um, one of our biggest reasons for being a band and, you know, something we really want to be able to do is to spread light to people and to help up, uplift them. And um, I don't know, just kind of, have our music be something that's good for them and good for their soul. And so that's something that's always been a focus of ours. And, you know, the music industry isn't the the easiest place I would say for, um, or a Christian band, an LDS band or religious band. Um, but we have been so which lucky. you guys really quickly though, you would never classify yourself as a Christian band by any means, like not like, 
certainly not genre wise just to just to clarify correct yeah like we're a, but the, a band the, that's also full of christians yeah yeah exactly and <laughs> yeah. faith does play a pretty strong role for pretty much everyone in the band if i'm not mistaken but even, yeah absolutely like, yeah definitely yeah and, and i think you know since since that is such a big part of all of us individually that finds its way into our music and to everything we kind of do um but we've been really lucky actually with with the people that we've worked with and our team um just really supporting our identity and our decisions to not you know to try to avoid playing shows on sundays where possible um you know which i'm sure is kind of a foreign thing for you know a booking agent to hear you know is that a band Absolutely. doesn't want to play on sundays if if possible and and so we've been surrounded by like really great people that like fully understand where we're coming from, fully respect where we're coming from. Um, like we went, even went on tour with um, this guy named Ron Pope, who's a, a much bigger artist um, and he's amazing. And, and we asked our booking agent if he would, you know, just ask him if we could take the Sunday shows off. There was a few Sunday shows on the month long tour and he went back to him and, and he was totally cool about it. And like, we were shocked that, that, you know, a bigger artist would be fine with their opener missing out on a, a few shows. Um, but I think what we found is generally like people respect, uh, have a lot of respect for, you know, other people's beliefs and stuff like that. And I think, I think that's been really cool for us to see. So, yeah, that, that is really cool. And I could not, uh, agree with that more it's surprising i mean you as you're aware i lived in texas west texas for four years I'll, pretty much on my own you know i mean i had i had some friends out there some really really good friends were there kind of almost the whole time but they were kind of their own family too so it's not like we were rubbing shoulders the whole time but um it's it's fascinating to me how it almost seems like now this might be a controversial statement, but it almost seems like there's more respect for the church outside of the state of Utah, outside of kind of really well-known large communities that involve the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I I agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah, I think a lot of people in other states yeah, do kind of take it seriously and, and have like a respect for it that you don't always see when you're surrounded by it, I think. No, you don't. I mean, it's just kind of, if the culture is predominantly based around this church specifically, then it's almost like you lose the forest for the trees. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, totally. It's almost like you get a little bit too caught up um, in not, not... in, in trying to separate the two as opposed to embracing it. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting in that respect. You just said something that kind of triggered that thought. And, but that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think that's, especially in the music industry that you still, you see a lot of people respecting that. Cause you know, for as many stories as you hear about like these, these bands that didn't make it because these guys went on missions. I mean, how, how many times was that story in the new era when we were growing up? Like, yeah, for sure. Constant, right? <laughs> totally. For as many of those stories, I think you'd find maybe f- 10 times as many stories like yours, which is that generally people actually respect it. The hardest part is sticking to your convictions. But once you do, it's not really that hard from there because people are like, you know what? At least they're principled. I may not necessarily agree with the specifics of those principles, but I 
can can respect the fact that they actually have principles that they stick to. I think that's kind of how a lot of people look at it, whether in a religious context or not. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think that's like a hard part of the world we live in right now is, you know, you feel like with everything on, on the, in every sort of media, you're just hearing stories about how people are terrible or, you know, these horror stories when in reality, I think a lot of people are good people and respect people for, you know, having values, like you said, even if they don't share them. And I think that that's like something that's missing a lot in the world today is that understanding that, Hey, like your neighbor is probably going to be a great person. Maybe they're not, but they might be, (laughs) they probably are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Giving people the benefit of the doubt is kind of lost on us a little bit. It seems like more and more these days. Yeah. Totally get that. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping things up here, I did want to ask at least one more question. I'm sure I'll have a couple more for you, but uh, what's your favorite tour memory to this point? Oh man, that's tough. There's right, been give me a few so then. many. If you've got a few, give okay. them to me. I'd love to hear them. All right. Well, I would say the first one that comes to mind is the tiny tour, the one that you were on. Um, tiny because tour, that's it, right. It we even our... made a hashtag about that. NP tiny yeah, tour. Yeah, we did. That was like the first big tour you guys went on, right? Yeah, it was the first shows we had ever played outside of Utah. Uh, And so I think getting on the road, dude, we hadn't even released music yet. Like no one even knew who we were or that we were coming to play a show because no one knew we were a band. Like it was (laughs) just like such a wild time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I just thought, you know, that tour kind of gave us a glimpse of what our lives could be like if we pursued this. And I think it kind of fueled this fire within us. And so I'd say that's like one of the best memories. Um, And then we've had some crazy ones. Like we've been through like two tornadoes, a nor'eastern blizzard. Two Um, tornadoes? What in the world? Yeah. We've had some, some crazy luck with weather on the road. Like bad luck <laughs> crazy bad so, luck that is yeah. yeah um so like like there was one time where the van we were in broke down and me and maddie had to go maddie was our tour manager at the time we had to go like get the van towed while the rest of the band stayed at a rest stop and Wait, then wasn't i there for this one wasn't this coming from colorado I don't think you were there for this one. Oh yeah, no, wait, no, because we were in Illinois when this happened. <laughs> so this, oh wait, that's right, that's right. That's when you discovered that you guys got ripped off on the on the tour bus that you yeah. bought. But and... I think we met up in Colorado on that trip, didn't we? Or something like you were there. Like we went to Freddy's. Was that's, that the trip? Was that the same one? That could have been the same it one, but might have been. Yeah, and I think I even brought my niece and nephew or something yeah. like that because they lived uh-huh. out there at the time. That's right, but. There is, yeah, there's something, I don't know if we're, we might be confusing a couple here, but maybe not. Um, but we, there was another time it broke down when I was with you for sure. This was, I was not in the Illinois one, but like a tire blown out. It didn't really break down, but a tire blew out. Oh, the tire blew out. <laughs> yep. Dude, that was coming back from Aspen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember yep. that one. I actually yep. have more on that one in a sec, but I'll let you finish. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, we left the rest of the band at this truck stop. And me and Maddie got the van towed. And then Maddie was like, okay, I have to stay with the van. You go get a rental car and see how much you can 
pile into it because we had a show that night in Nashville. And so I go and find, I like walk to an enterprise rental car. The, the biggest car they had was a Jeep compass, which is a pretty small Jeep. It is dude. I, and, I drive a grand Cherokee and I'm like always surprised. Like when I see compasses around, I'm like, how is that a Jeep? That's like yeah, half the size small. of my car. Yeah, totally. And so I go back to where our car is towed and I get, you know, just kind of as much as I could, which wasn't a lot. And then I go pick everyone up. But as I'm picking them up, I notice that like the sky starts turning like this weird color green. The clouds are starting to like morph and there's wind that's starting to blow like branches across the street. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a tornado. That probably came as a, as a direct result of your expertise from watching Twister growing up. Oh, great movie. Great movie. <laughs> right? Helen Hunt. Holds up. Oh, finest <laughs> for sure. Holds up, by the way. I watched it not too long ago. It's freaking... Dude, I need good. to take a dive into it again. Yeah, it's yeah. been a minute. Um, so, yeah. So, I rush over. I grab them. We pile everything on our laps, literally to the ceiling of this Jeep Compass. And as, as soon as we close the doors, it's like downpour, like I've never seen before. And so, we're driving and like like we're in the middle like of this tornado and like after a while finally we it starts like thinning out and we made it through and played two shows in nashville that night and actually like three members of the head and the heart came to one of our nashville shows and we hung out with them after so no way that's yeah dude you know how yeah you know how i feel about the head and the heart too i love those guys oh yeah they're awesome which ones were there uh john was there and um shoot what was his name oh man what's his name oh kenny yeah john and kenny were there which one's kenny he plays the keyboard ah okay uh john's the one that wrote river or sings rivers and roads right uh no so john's the other guy oh he's the other guy he's the one that's he's He's like the main guy yeah the main guy yeah like he's he's singing all their stuff yeah yep he's good He's good. Yeah, that's cool. He's awesome. Man. That's really Jeremiah cool. was the guy that. Um, that's did right. And he did kind of have like yeah. a mountaineer type name for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So okay, that is a crazy experience. What do you have anything else off the top of your head? Uh, I'll just stick with those ones for now. There's, I'm sure there's plenty more I could dive into, but those are the some of the most memorable right now. That's an, I love that man. That's really cool. Um, so speaking of that snowmass tour um when we went out to aspen which yeah. i was a last minute addition to that and also a uh, funny note to uh as well is that that was the first time megan your your wife i almost said current wife like you've been married before <laughs> or that you will be married again <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> your wife oh good uh who plays the violin in the band um that was her first tour with you guys wasn't it and she wasn't even a permanent member of the band at that point right that was like yeah that was her first kind of run with us i think yeah that's right yeah and sydney sydney couldn't play that show so yeah so stephanie maybe came with us and that's right filled in yeah that's right yeah that's so funny i remember like that was a and and i was a last minute addition to that trip because i think josh couldn't make it and so they're like hey we could use somebody else and i was like sure Turned out to be the best hotel I've ever stayed in my life. Dude, I've actually that still tell people about that. Hotel was amazing. 
it I, was crazy. It was crazy. I tell people like when you when they when you stay in a hotel where they let you keep the robe, like that that tells you something. And you know you're in a good place. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's how you know. And you were definitely not dating Megan at that time. In fact, I think you were dating somebody else. Even I think you were dating that. Probably. You are gold girl. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which good thing? Good thing Megan has blonde hair because now you can just pretend that that song was about her the whole time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> that that's works. where the, that's where the gold comes from. Thing anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that trip was amazing, and I remember specifically. And that, this is where I want to. I want your thoughts on this too, because I think it's really cool what they said. We Jamestown Revival, who was a band that I knew about and was excited to go see before we even went on that trip, because I was like, "Oh, that's cool. They're going to be out there playing." Um, I kind of just happened upon them on one of their songs, and I was like, "This, this is a, this is a good sound." They were out there and playing right after you guys, or supposed to. It actually got ended up right after your show. It got called for the rain. So yep. There's that little funny tidbit weather-wise again. And they saw, one of them saw that I was wearing a Texas Tech hat. And this was right before I was going to move out to Lubbock and go to Texas Tech. And they asked, he's like, hey, are you from Lubbock? And I was like, no, but I was already stunned. I'm like, I love these guys. I knew exactly who they were. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm going to move out there in a little bit, though. I'm going to go to Texas Tech. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, that's awesome. My dad lives out in Lubbock. He's like, I'm from Dallas, but my dad moved out there. And um, so I go out there every now and then. It's a really cool spot, cool college town. And um, I, uh, so we were just kind of talking and I don't know if you remember this, but obviously they kind of like rubbed shoulders with us a few times. Cause later that night you played a show at a little venue, like kind of this, not a little venue, but it was like kind of this bigger bar type area. A lot of people came to it. It was a really fun time. Yeah. It was like a little after party thing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, Jamestown Revival once again was playing right after you guys. And this time they actually did. And they put on a good show immediately. I remember it was awesome. Yeah, they did. It was so good. And at one of those points, I don't know if you remember this, but they specifically said, like, guys, honestly, that's so cool how you're starting out. Enjoy it. Because as, like, and they were not, like, saying it from a point of, like, we've already made it. They were actually pretty humble guys in that respect, I thought. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. But they said, enjoy this moment because this is, like, the, the, the most fun we've had and that we can kind of call back to and be like, this is what it was all about. And like when we were making these memories, like in the moment, it was hard to remember that, or it was hard to think in that time that this is going to be some of the most fun we'll have in the band. But that's what he was saying. He was saying, basically don't forget the the memories that you're making right now, because it's something you'll remember forever and you'll really grow to appreciate it. Dude, totally true. Like I do remember that. And I remember like how cool they were and how cool it was to like hang around them because I knew that big song of theirs too that you were talking about um california right yep yeah california yes yeah, right yeah nailed that it, song dude. is awesome that song is awesome dude that's what i do man just kidding that's <laughs> that, horrible <laughs> there's uh, that's staying in dude that is staying in this podcast you gotta take sure. that out nope not gonna happen man and but here's the thing it is what you do and you do it well Brady, this was a blast, man. Thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot going on, but thank you for doing me this favor. Um, honestly, I would love to have you on again at some point um, if you've got free time in the future because it's just fun to kind of throw back, kind of go over these memories, talk about where you're at, and get your insight on some things. It's really cool. 
Dude, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on and let's definitely do it again. It's fun just catching up with you, man. It's been been too long. And so thanks for having me on the podcast. Likewise, man, of course. And I just love getting your take on things. It's nice to just converse with you, even in a general sense. It has nothing to do with kind of what you're doing right now musically, but just kind of your points of view on things, I think are really cool. Yeah, likewise. Right back at you, dude. All right. Thanks, brother. You have a good one and good luck with everything. Awesome. Thanks, Harper. Love you, man. See you too, bro. Peace. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching As everything's changing my mind Going to a different time Old love, I remember falling so mad must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time 